0: Ganesh co-founded Minecrest in 2001, with the belief that innovation and in technology would transform the legal services industry. Since then, he has fostered the growth of Minecrest from its inception to the industry leader it is now, serving Fortune 500 corporations and major law firms. Ganesh holds an MBA from Brigham Young University, a JD from Washington University in St. Louis, an undergraduate degree from the University of Bombay, and a graduate degree in management from the Symbiosis Institute of Business Management in Pune, India. Ganesh Natarajan welcome into the corner office. Thank you, Brent. I
1: appreciate you having me on this podcast.
0: Great to have you here. I know we've been trying to get together for a while and it's uh, been really exciting. uh, Welcome you in. I just think you have such a unique business and we'll look forward to hearing more about that. But let's start a little bit with your early years. I know that you were born in India. Tell us a little bit about uh, growing up there and what your early family life was like. Sure. I I was born and grew up in Mumbai, uh, which was then
1: called Bombay. Right. And many people still refer it to as Bombay. Uh, I actually grew up, spent my formative years and grew up with my grandparents. Uh, this was because my father was transferred when I was a right. little baby.
0: Yeah. And
1: so ended up staying with my grandparents and stayed with them literally till they passed away.
0: Oh my gosh. Wow. And my, how, old were you, how old were you when uh, your parents moved back? Uh, well,
1: but they, I was about two years old when they moved yeah, back, but yeah. and they moved into the same apartment building. Ah, great. So great. My, my brother and sister, we all sort of grew up together, but my brother and sister would go to my parents' place to sleep at night, but I would move, go to my grandparents to sleep. Ah, so
0: Got it. You're very close but, with them. With yeah. them, yes. And Well, that's great. Uh, so, you know, I, I lived in Asia for about 10 years. I think we spoke about that earlier on. And I just love the multi-generational family that Indians, Asians in general, Chinese, I know as well have. It, it just adds so much value and so much perspective to growing up. Were there some early lessons that you got from your grandparents that you remember from those early days?
1: Uh, many many yeah. actually uh, my grandfather was sort of my role model in wow. many ways uh, you know as was my father but towards you know later on in my life but my grandfather clearly right. in the early stages uh, he what did he uh, do was was he, he still working uh, he, he was working yes yeah. and he was a aeronautical engineer oh, he worked, wow. but he started his career as a civil engineer and then actually fought in world war 2 Oh, my gosh. With the what they call the Royal Indian Air Force then. Of course, yeah. Uh, in Burma, you know, against the Japanese at that uh-huh. point in time. So he used to tell me all kinds of stories about the war and his time there. Ah, oh, fabulous. Uh, which, and then, you know, he was largely a self-made person. So maybe that's the biggest lesson that stuck with me. Right, uh, right. He, he came from a very, very poor family and mm. through sheer hard work and perseverance made it to where he got to. So that's, a, that's a good lesson for all of and us. And your grandmother,
0: this. did she uh, have much of an influence uh, in at my, all or any yes. lessons from there? Yes, yeah.
1: very much because she was sort of the heart and heart of the family. She yeah. was the kindest person I've known, mm. most generous person. And and the thing I learned from her was uh, almost every month uh, she would have a, a uh, in an event at home where anybody who was hungry, anybody who needed food, literally oh. anybody could come and she would always have food for them you know so people of the Fantastic. street who are wow, very in generous would come. yes so you know not that we had too much, but uh, she was always very very kind person. so
0: yeah,
1: that's the brothers and sisters lesson. were they
0: much involved
1: in your oh, upbringing
0: yeah. given that you, yes. you' slept in separate apartments <laughs> yeah we
1: did but my my brother was is, not was, is, I guess, five years younger than me and my sister is another okay. five years younger. So it's interesting right. that we've actually gotten very close now, mm. you know, as we've gotten older. Yeah. Uh, they right. also live in Chicago, as do they I. Do. So, nice. so we, we meet almost every week. Uh, and they live in our neighborhood, so, you know, we meet very close, you know, very often. Uh, but growing up, I always tell my sister that with the 10 years gap between us, you know, I didn't do too much with her in the yeah. sense of hanging out yeah. with her because you know, by the time I was in college, she was still a little kid she in school. So, yeah, yeah, so. Yeah. But now, of course, that that's diminished; it, it's dissipated. Actually, right. There's, that's no, awesome. Cool,
0: great. And uh, what about school? Gosh, I know as we mentioned in your bio, you've got your MBA from Brigham Young. You're obviously JD. You've got your studies in in India. Uh, I assume you're a good student in school.
1: Uh. Yeah, I was never the top <laughs> top in my class, tops in my class, but I was. My my grandfather's thing was as long as I'm in the top ten, you know, ranks, I'm, I'm okay. Right, so I made right. sure that I was. 8, 9, or 10, somewhere. There. <laughs> so, so, so you balanced out uh, with some other activities, it exactly. sounds like,
0: right? Yeah, what what but, were some of those other interests growing up? Well, I mean, I, I, we know how popular cricket is in yes, India. <laughs> yes,
1: I, I actually went to a Catholic school, you know, ah, from, okay. right from, although I'm not Catholic, I went uh-huh. to a Catholic school right from yep. kindergarten to 12th grade. Uh, you know, with all boys. It was an all boys Catholic Was it school. Jesuit in that it sense? It was or? not Jesuit. No, okay. It was a diocesan school. Diocese, yeah, school. Mm-hmm. so, uh, or in India, they they call it with a sort of ironical name called a secular
0: school. Secular which is, school, yeah. Which right.
1: is, it wasn't, you know, right, but right. Uh, it was part of the general diocese of Bombay. So, Mumbai. Cool. But, uh, so obviously sports with an all boys school, sports oh, yeah. was extremely important, big you know, part of it. Right. to all of us, big, big part of that. And we, uh, so I actually played a little bit of cricket, but I played mostly a lot of tennis oh, and, uh, and then, and field hockey as well, because uh-huh. in India and soccer in India, as in many other rest of the world, field hockey is a men's sports also, right. but in the U.S. only, you know, women tend to play field hockey. Yeah, so.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Were tennis, there other I influencers
0: was, uh, in your life, uh, you know, folks like, um. You know, coaches or teachers that you looked up to or inspired you along the way.
1: Yes, no, absolutely. Um, In fact, it's interesting you asked me this question because tomorrow I'm meeting a friend of mine, whom I have not seen since 1976. Since I left school, oh my gosh! I'm kidding. Wow, Uh, and he lives in portland oregon actually uh-huh. interestingly uh-huh. so he's yeah. coming to chicago and we're meeting tomorrow but the reason i'm saying this is his mother was a teacher in our school mm. and i still remember her very fondly uh. because when i was in fifth grade she seemingly pulled me out of nowhere and made me speak uh, sort of a poem in front of the whole school oh you know gosh. sort of an elocution. Wow which has uh, really set me on to a life of public speaking ah. and uh, then then on acting and you know and performing things like that so i owe a great debt to her and i tell my friend all the time she's she's long gone now right but i remember her very fondly because you know i i wouldn't otherwise have volunteered myself but i guess she saw something in me and pulled me out and said here this is what you should do so what that, was her name uh, her name was Evelyn Moraes. Moraes. Yeah, uh-huh. Cool. Great. Well, we'll yeah. Tell your
0: friend to listen to the podcast. We'll give her a nice tribute dedicated no. to her. That's, yeah, that's no, her. Like, You know, we always have those people or in our life that, you know, we don't know at the time what kind of an impact it is. Correct. But it's fun to look back and say how much the, uh, a uh, 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 change that made and, and, you know, gave you that courage. I'm sure you were very nervous before reciting that poem.
1: Oh, no, absolutely. You know, <laughs> I haven't done it before. Uh, but, you know, but then I, I then through school and college, I did a lot of debating and speaking ah, and you know, it became easier and easier. But this this was the start, you know. Sure, so, sure.
0: Well, I got you into the law important. degree or the yes, law profession, et cetera. Absolutely. Was there debate uh, uh, competitions? Did you do that as well yeah, in high school and college? Yeah. A lot
1: in school yeah. and college, quite
0: a bit. Yeah. You know, almost Gives you great week. analytical skills, too, doesn't it?
1: Yes, and it it allows you the opportunity of sort of thinking on your feet. Right, And I I honestly tell a lot of people I meet now that maybe that training was eventually more valuable to me than anything else. Mm. Because in in my job as a CEO of a company, I spend a lot of time uh, basically selling, you know. That's right. when, when I mean selling, I'm not necessarily only saying selling our services but selling ideas internally as well. You know, and constantly getting people to buy in to sort of our vision, where we are heading with the company, you know, our values, and even even, should we get into this particular service line or some other service line, and then when all that's ready... Presenting it to clients and you know and convincing them that this is a thing that's good for them and good for us, right, you know. So, right. uh, as in your business, Brent, I mean, the, so yeah, at, at some level, it becomes that it's a convincing somebody else. Sure. In a sure. in a you know in a in a way that is you know full of integrity and honesty, you know, not trying to that's cheat right. people out of anything. But but that ability to convince somebody really started with the debating, you know, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. that's. Uh, when sort of the rubber hits the road in some ways,
0: you know. But, yeah, we X share that. I, I, I debated yeah. in, in, in high school, but then in college, you know, competition as well. And, you know, right. what what I was so challenged about, but what I so appreciate now was being able to argue both sides right? Correct, correct. And, and you know, I never, my uh, English teacher at the time tried to encourage me in the law profession, and I was kind of convinced I wanted to go down business, but I always wondered. But I, lo- I began to love that, right? Because yeah. if you could sit there and argue it one way, then you've got to be able to be able to understand where other people are on the other side of the business. And I think that really has helped me through the years, correct. not correct. only in my current re- recruiting jobs, but also in my professional career, because being able to see somebody else's perspective, right? Yeah. Being able to really understand their yeah. Point of view, um, you know that's that's a rarity. Most most people kind of get headlong into their own ideas, and it's very hard to turn them off.
1: No, absolutely, and yeah. and uh, I mean, and sometimes I actually try to fight that in a, in a strange way because you <laughs> know in, in your life I know you you know what I'm trying to say here, right, which is exactly you cannot you know sometimes you have to tell people look, this is my idea and we got to run with it. You know, (laughs) I understand your position because otherwise you get caught, sometimes get caught up in this, you know, on the one hand, on the other hand, kind of analysis, debate it forever. At some point you have to say, okay, that's (laughs) enough. You know, this is the way it's going to go. So, but it allows you to come to a more, uh, a position of better understanding, you know, and that's really why this is important.
0: Yeah. I know growing up in India is very different than growing up in the US but were there any entrepreneurial things that you did or early any early jobs uh, that you took on while high school or college?
1: You know my family
0: were not a family of entrepreneurs. Mm, yeah, professionals uh, they were all it sounds professional, like. Professional yeah, professional yeah, people. Yeah. yeah,
1: my father was also well he was a, in the, in business but he worked for a large company in marketing right, and right, he was also right. a very self-made person as well. Yeah, Uh, you know, he was quieter than my grandfather. He Mm -hmm, never mm -hmm. told much stories when we were growing up, but he's still alive and with us right now. And so I Mm. get the benefit of he's ninety years old, but I get the benefit of his wisdom every day. So I'm really thankful for that. Fantastic,
0: but. But, so how uh, did you make decisions around what college to go to? Because, uh, you know, I know that you did your uh, undergraduate and I guess some some, in some finishing degree as well in India, That's right. Right. That's right? right. So you, you studied business from what I gather. Yes, yeah. yes.
1: And, you know, in India, even today, you have to make those choices as soon as you finish high school. Wow. Whether yeah. you're going into engineering or medicine or the sciences, uh, which sort of all go lockstep because they're all based you know on sciences or stem as we call it today right. right here right or you go the other way you know into business or liberal arts and things like that so that's a choice you have to make pretty early yeah uh, now uh, I I personally was not very good in the sciences it didn't really excite me as much so you know I went into business you know studying accounting actually specifically okay. right which I thought was actually a very good degree because, in fact, I tell young people that if you want to learn business, maybe the way to learn, start as an undergraduate is in accounting.
0: I think so, too. Uh, you know, great, you great, great analytical great skills, analytical understanding skills. how that's money right. is made. Yeah,
1: that's absolutely. right. And, and then, uh, because in India, you only do sort of 12 years of high school right. and three years of college. Yeah. In order to come here, you got to finish one more year of college. Right. You know, right. so... That's why I went to graduate school in India and then yeah. then came over here. Yeah,
0: awesome. So so really no work or professional work during that period before you came to the states. Uh, is that correct?
1: N- other than internships, yeah. you know that I was right. doing. Yes, nothing,
0: nothing full time. No. So came to the states in your early twenties, and then right. you did your uh, 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 MBA first before your JD, yes. or was yes. okay? Got no, it. No, and no, what MBA made you choose
1: first. BYU? Uh... Uh, you know, I say di- divine interference, but,
0: you know. Uh, but, but I have not heard that before, Ganesh. I love that. But, but, I'm going to use that, divine yeah, but, interference. But <laughs> I, I, I'm sure there is some of that
1: in everything we do. For, sure, honestly, you know, absolutely. Who, I would never have guessed where I am today, you know, if you would have asked me as a little boy in Bombay, you know, yeah. I would never have guessed this. So, right, so there right. is some element of that. But uh, I actually, the whole host of reasons, you know, the the underlying reasons were, uh, I wanted to live in a not in a big city. You know, I wanted to sort mm-hmm. of live in a more, uh, yeah. not, I won't say rural, but in a smaller city, in a right. in a more place that's closer to nature, so to speak. Yeah, because growing Lake's up beautiful. in Mumbai, yeah, yeah, yeah. I. You Know this is a huge city, I never really appreciated right, any of that. Right, right. So, that was one reason. The yeah. other reason was I got a good scholarship. So, that go. was the primary reason actually. academic so, or for academic, debate or academic. academic. Mm-hmm. No, no, academic, awesome. academic yeah. scholarship. And then, uh, I actually got into a double degree, you know, with the MBA and master's in international relations. Nice. But unfortunately, I didn't finish that M.A. part,
0: you know, okay. so I have still a thesis to do. So maybe they, they'll allow me. <laughs> well, you me. have some spare time. Maybe. Yeah, I have some spare time. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think you've got much. Exactly. And then uh, straight to uh, St. Louis uh, yeah, for your J.D. Watch, so did you yes, do that to, right after your MBA or was there some work in between? No,
1: no straight after the MBA, yeah. to Washington University. And again, well, the, the interesting thing there was that I had a good professor in my business school who actually, again, Interestingly, suggested that I should do go to law
0: school. Mm, mm. I said I had not even thought of that. I, really? Why? Why do you even say that? back from the debate days? I'm surprised. I thought yeah. that might have. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, yeah, never inspired by that. Uh,
1: never. Huh. Not really. You know. Yeah. So, uh, so I was. So he said. I said, why? Why? You know. Why do you suggest that? He said, and he said something which is interesting. It stayed with me today. And he said something like. As a lawyer, you can do everything an MBA can,
0: mm. but an
1: MBA cannot do everything a lawyer can do. So true. So I said, oh, okay, Good that advice. That makes sense to me. Yeah. And, Create more uh, options. Yeah. Huh? And why not extend my, you know, scholastic career? Uh, and so I, I, again, I got a good scholarship. So yeah. that Fantastic. underlined going to Washington University. Which so you a pursued
0: a legal success. career. I think you went yeah. right to... Uh, uh, was it Gartner, uh, Carton and Douglas that was yes. your first uh, yes, excellent. that was my so, first so kind of came in as an associate and went that's down right. that path how long that's did right. you stay purely in the legal uh, field
1: i was at gardner carton for 7 years wow. you know wow. uh, 8 years i think so right. i was a partner by then you know yeah. really uh, a lot of my practice was international transactions of course yeah uh, asia uh, asia focus asia, as well asia focus yeah. that's right. Right. right and within asia obviously a big focus on india uh, because by then, by 91, 1991, India had opened up its economy. Right. So that afforded a lot of, um, you know, opportunities there. So, and then I left and joined another firm called Maguire Woods mm-hmm. in, in mm-hmm. Chicago. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, Gardner Carter is now drinker, biddle and right. from Philadelphia, right. you know, so yeah, they acquired yeah, the yeah, firm. They
0: purchased, yeah, a lot of right. consolidation lot in of that industry. You know? Yeah.
1: So then I yeah. was at Maguire Woods, again, doing a lot of India-related work did you have
0: management business. responsibilities I know it's a little different the uh, career path at law firms than other uh, businesses
1: no I was yeah. sort of responsible for the Asia India practice right but, sure but it's not similar to what you know I do today in terms of of course people yeah. management obviously it was selling was important getting right. know, getting clients right. was important but it, it's a little different.
0: So, Mindcrest Fair. is the company that you founded, and as we said in the right. uh, intro, uh, you're really a, one of the first firms, certainly one of the leading firms, that's really kind of pulled together, um, uh, you know, the technology and innovation for the legal services industry. What, what was the motivation behind Mindcrest, and how did you kind of decide to take that entrepreneurial step? So, I met
1: one of my co-founders at McGuire Woods. Okay. His name is George Heffern. So we another, met another lawyer. Another lawyer. Okay. And then met, uh, and then I already knew uh, the person who heads our Indian office in Indian operations called Rohan Dalal. I knew him from before. He's from Mumbai also. And so we started uh, a lot of my practice related to India around the year 2000 became helping Indian software companies get you know, uh, operations in the U.S. Okay. and or joint ventures in the U.S. or provide service in the U.S., right. especially around that Y2K problem. Of course, you know, yeah, we like,
0: all remember that. All remember <laughs> that, yeah.
1: Which, so, much
0: ado about nothing, uh, much, for the most exactly. part. Exactly, I don't know what really <laughs> Somebody came made a of lot of money on somebody, that, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, some of these
1: tech companies made a lot all of money. Oh, they sure because, did. You know, <laughs> but they, I, so while we were watching that developing, uh, it was abundantly clear that many of our clients were always questioning the fees of our law firms, and, the fees, and I was always yeah. every month I would have conversations with clients saying, "Why are you charging me this?" and I had to explain this, justifying yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So the thought came into us, which is driven by one fundamental thought, which is there's many things that lawyers do that need not be done by lawyers. Mm. It's it's an accident of history that lawyers have started doing all these things, but is it really something where you need a high-priced lawyer to do? Maybe mm. not. So that was running in the behind our heads. And when this whole Y2K thing happened, and, and we saw a lot of Indian tech companies use tech resources in India to, to serve this Y2K market, we thought, is there a way to leverage Indian lawyers to serve ah, the U.S. market? Right, right. So we started with legal research. You know, hmm. pure legal research, 50-state you know, research, multi-country research, the basic first level of research. You know, somebody wants to know, tell me the state of the law regarding non-competes in California.
0: You know, so yeah. we
1: pull out the cases, this is what the cases say, summarize you know, present it. summarize them and present mm-hmm. it, and then they, the client can take it from there, you know. Mm. So that's something we did. Uh, and then we, we ran this idea with a couple of corporate clients. And they were immediately, you know, interested and said, "I have worked for you now, you know. Can you do that for us?" So we obviously realized that this was a market. There was a market, (laughs) Uh, and so that's really how we started with literally four people, you know, three founders and one more person, uh, two in Mumbai and two in Chicago. And the MBA Uh,
0: kicked in. MBA kicked in right. (laughs) And And, and how many years ago was that, Ganesh? This was in two thousand one. Two thousand one, so almost we, twenty years. And oh, and how how big are you now? How many people, uh, offices, about relative revenue? Four hundred
1: and fifty people, wow. roughly.
0: Fantastic. And
1: offices in Chicago, New York, uh, uh, London, and in India. So Fantastic. And of,
0: and what's the is, is the majority employees in India or is it pretty spread uh, or among all? Those yeah, we, about a, we have
1: about we have about three fifty in India and yeah. a hundred, but. Our business model has changed considerably, Mm -hmm, you know, from mm -hmm. when we started then. Uh, Today, we do uh, sort of four large areas of work, which is litigation support, contracts management, compliance, and legal analytics. Right. And uh, today, the model is not so much the India, U.S., or England model, but it's a almost hybrid models where we place the best teams. Hmm. Uh, sometimes the teams are in the U.S. and India. Sometimes they're only in the U.S. Sometimes they're only in England. Sometimes they're at client locations, wherever wow. the client is. Sometimes it's wholly in India. So we mix and match depending on the specific need. Yeah, and what the customer the client needs. has yeah. And what the expertise that is required to do that kind of work. Model. And, uh, you know, and where it can be done most cost effectively. So we put all those factors in, in figuring out where these teams should be. So it's, it's changed quite a bit, yeah, uh, much more imagine. sophisticated what, now.
0: What were some of the early management challenges you had, Ganesh? Uh, you know, you had two, three different partners. You had to start hiring people in. Yes. You know, those are early days can sometimes be, you know, very difficult. I'm sure you probably had your years as well that were growing pains. Tell us a little bit about maybe some of the more challenging yeah. ones that so, you had early on.
1: I always say that the two biggest challenges are uh, getting revenue in the door.
0: Mm, of course. You know, it's
1: always the huge challenge, right? Yep. How do you sell and where do you get revenue from? Yep. The second yep. is how do you manage your people? You know, mm. th- those are the two key things for us. And in our business, people matter a lot. You know, it's very important. Although we use a lot of technology in everything we do. It's fundamentally the people who make the difference, you know. That's right. And, and so, the people piece is extremely important for us. Uh, in the early, early years, the, the the sales side, revenue side, was also uh, maybe a little more important because we had to sort of bring this idea uh, surfaces to people, convince them that mm. this is a viable idea because they'd never heard of it, they'd never heard of anybody doing it. Right. So, so that piece that getting over that hump took a little bit of time, you know, so that was a big challenge. But then what happened was, you know, we, we were li- literally talking to a customer for, for two years, and then out of the, literally out of the mm. blue, they called us one day and said, you know, we need to uh, talk to you about something. So it's we showed amazing. up in New York and yeah. met them, and next thing you know, they're saying, well, how soon can you start with 200 <laughs> people?
0: Oh my gosh! So wow. So
1: therein was a people
0: challenge. Where do we yeah. find these people? Yeah. And where
1: do we train these people? And how do we recruit? Oh, they them?
0: literally wanted you to hire two hundred right. people to support in, their in operations India to support oh their gosh. operations. So
1: wow, wow. So, so that changed the you know. So that was a huge challenge for big us. Big game changer. Uh, yeah. Big game changer. So that completely yeah. changed it. You know. So and we were able to recruit them. You know. And then and we've learned lessons along the way, right? Sure. Obviously. Uh, over the years, we've learned a lot of lessons uh, <laughs> on the sales side as well as on the people side. And, you know, and and uh, and hopefully we, we're getting better. I mean, that's the that's the sure. goal. You know, we have to get better and better at this. What What would uh, be some of
0: the leadership lessons you've learned over that time, Ganesh?
1: So you know, maybe maybe I would say two things. You mm-hmm. know, one thing that's very very important in my own estimation is. The, the need to keep our values intact, mm. you know, because yeah. uh, no, we hire a lot of people, new people come, people leave. Uh, and over the years, we've done a lot of that. Uh, we've had many clients as well. Luckily, we've stayed more stable with our clients in that sense. Right, also. right.
0: But Retention's key. Uh, retention is key, <laughs>
1: absolutely. But, uh, for example, one of the things we said very, very early on was, One of the values we focus on is client service, Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. which is very important. We felt that no matter what, we have to deliver work of extremely high quality and provide exceptional service to our clients. So, and maybe that's because we came out of law firms. Mm
0: -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm.
1: No matter what the law firms charge, I mean, they may charge a lot of money, but they do provide excellent client service, you know, by and large. So that was that was a core value. Because from that, you have to get the right kind of people who who will agree to that value. Then you have to train them, train yeah. them to that, right? So that was one. Right. The other thing we felt was extremely important was that while we are doing all of this, we have to have a, a core integrity to what we do. Mm. And, and in my mind, integrity means treating each other with respect, mm. uh, you know, because I've been in situations where people have yelled at me you know seniors none of that stuff you know that cannot happen and does it happen yes it does you know (laughs) but we have very little tolerance for that kind of stuff you know and it should not happen so we must treat each other with respect and we must be honest to our clients Mm. you know because we have in many times actually turned away work because we have said you know this doesn't really fit what we do and our clients are very very appreciative and they'll always say you know I'd better know that now than later, uh, right. and and we felt that was important. You know, that's very important. Yeah. So that integrity is—that's to me mm-hmm. personal integrity, right? Each one of us should be able to sleep well at night. You know, and say, you know
0: <laughs> well, and staying whatever. true to the culture staying and to to the, the ethics culture. that you're, right. you know, creating. So tell us a little bit about that. how how would you describe uh, the Minecraft company culture? What's, you know, what's you unusual or unique about it in the in the industry?
1: Uh, you know. We, we place a lot of emphasis on our people, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that we have done through the years, and, and this is a challenge, going back to your earlier question of the challenge, right? Uh, a very fundamental challenge for us has been uh, how do you take the professionalism of a law firm and sort of merge that or meld it with the metrics, the analytics, the technology that a large, say, tech organization or a mm. BPO organization might run, you know? Right. How, how, do you, how do you take what Accenture has and merge that with how, uh, a big law firm? You know, name right. your law firm. You know, right. How do you bring those two things together? Uh, so you need a strong subject matter orientation that comes from law firms. Mm. You also need a very strong process orientation, sure. technology orientation that comes from the other side. And you've got to put that together, mm. which means that you have to get the right kind of people. Mm. And some people are... In- inherently more focused or have a, a greater talent towards the process and technology side of the coin right some right. people have you know more focus of the subject matter side and there are a few lucky few who, who can do both well you know <laughs> and that's not many there's not many
0: yeah so we true. felt
1: that in order to be successful then we really have to invest in training our people mm. so if there's one unique thing that's stands us out and it's a value it's a cultural issue for us to train our people is we set up something called the mindcrest university
0: Mm, which is in some
1: ways a full-fledged university starting with very basic training all the way to management training leadership training public speaking training for people Mm. all kinds of things we do and and honestly it's a double-edged sword because Mm. in our industry people know that when our guys go through the manage, our training program, they are good and they can yeah. be coached. They go push but, them but, out. But, yeah. but, but yeah. that's a, we have to do it. You know, that's part that's of right. our culture and we've got to do it. So, that so is, is most of that's your played.
0: hiring entry level then and then promote from within? Uh, most, to, yes, yeah. but not all. Right. I mean, we yeah. do hire
1: a lot of people from, especially in the U.S. and the U.K., we need people with expertise, you know, with greater experience. So we hire people with experience. And in India, we also have hired people with experience, but the larger group comes as entry-level people.
0: Right, right. That's kind of... What do you look for when you're making bets on the people you invest in and hire?
1: Uh, That's a very good question. And, you know, obviously, it's a question, actually, we talk about a lot. I
0: can imagine. There, There is...
1: Because as times change, the kinds of things that people want changes too. You know, even our younger people today, uh, literally 10 years ago, if you talk to an entry level person and you talk to an entry level person today, what they want from their jobs and their career is very different actually. And you can see that in the US as well, you know, honestly. Uh, So they want different things. And so we have to be up to speed on that. So what, Personally, what I look at most importantly is someone's ability to embrace change.
0: Mm.
1: And and to me, that is critical because our business changes all the time yeah. in terms of our client demands. And mm. therefore, somebody who can take work with securities law today and quickly switch to a sales contract tomorrow, you know, or be willing mm. to learn. I don't think we switch them without training them.
0: right? But right.
1: The, the, when I say the ability to, embrace change to me it comes with the, then the ability to embrace new ideas course, new training yeah. you know new methodologies all of that right the person is, is able to change quickly and embrace everything that comes with it i look at that as a very important quality you know mm. and because otherwise otherwise you i can talk to somebody and know well i can see how you'll progress in the organization but up to a point I, yeah, if, right. if you don't change that mindset, you're not going to move ahead because today you need people who can take all kinds of ideas and sure. uh, and act on them. So.
0: so how do you how do you get at that in the interview process? Is it something you look at in the resume? Are there specific questions that you ask them? And if so, what are those questions? Because that's yeah. a you know people can say sure I'm flexible for change, but you know. We know there's a lot of people that aren't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. how do you kind of get below the surface on that? Well,
1: you know, I, uh, I don't know if it's a good or bad thing, but I tend these days to only interview our more senior people. Of course, you know, I yeah. don't. No,
0: I can imagine. So, yeah,
1: with yeah. the group of people I interview, the resume does speak a lot, you mm-hmm, know, because mm-hmm. uh, people who have. So, I'll give you a concrete example of someone. You know, uh, she came to us to sort of, be, we have a, a position called a Minecrest Fellow, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. who is a fellow in the Minecrest University, uh, and this person, it's a fellowship literally in that sense, where they spend two years in India wow. training our people. These are lawyers, experienced yeah. US lawyers, training our people, and one of the things we also offer, believe it or not, is for, if you're young lawyers paying student loans you know, for law school, we have a sort of a loan forgiveness program as well. If you're willing to go spend it in India, you know? So it's sort of our Peace Corps version of this, you
0: know, (laughs) I guess, (laughs) I guess, you know. Legal Corps. Legal (laughs) Corps. It's not
1: a bad idea, actually,
0: but anyway. You you gave me one, so I thought I'd give you one, too.
1: (laughs) So so with her, you know, she came from a very interesting background. Mm. Uh, she was in the Air Force in the US Air Force
0: American she
1: American yeah. Air Force American mm-hmm. and she served in uh, Iraq you know right. uh, maybe in Afghanistan but I'm sh- surely in Iraq mm-hmm. so then then she's lived in the deep South she lived all over the country because of the ah. Air Force you know she could move around but she lived in the deep south but ended up in Phoenix when she sort of got out of the services and went to law school there you know and studied and sort of became a lawyer worked for a firm etc. And that her resume spoke for itself in some mm. ways, right? Because she's moved around, although I was a little concerned whether she has a mindset that uh, yeah. comes from the military, you know, yeah. which, but, but in her in case, her ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In way, it wasn't like that because mm. she, uh, when you when you sort of went under the surface and you talked about her experiences, I could tell it was sort of a nice variety of things that she has done and experienced uh, and felt that especially in India where the ability to adapt towards something new, different, change is even more pronounced for an American to go there. Right. Uh, felt that that was a good good person to send and now she's been there four years now Super. and uh, doesn't want to come back. She loves it. You know? so,
0: <laughs> really? Oh, that's yeah. great. So that's great. Wow. So, uh, Wow, you never know. uh You never know.
1: And then a lot of this comes through conversation. Right. And it's somewhat like the questions you just asked me, actually, believe it or not. It's the same questions, you know. Uh, I can tell from the resume whether they have the skills to do the work. Right, Right. But where I tend to probe are these kinds of questions. You know, what experiences have you had? What are some seminal things you've done in your life? And they need not be anything associated with the law or work or anything like that, you know. Uh, things that have Changed you in some shape or form. It could be any experience, like the
0: importance of their grandparents in their
1: Important life. Importance of their grandparents,
0: exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, Ganesh, you know, I interview people for a living, so I do have an unfair advantage. But I do know that after our conversation today, it would be an honor to work with you as well, because it sounds like you're building a terrific culture in a company and truly a leader in your field. Uh, we are just about out of time, but I do have one last okay. question. We always ask the CEOs, and and you know, just share with us what you know, what career and life advice would you give to someone who maybe is a decade or two behind you in their career or perhaps uh, you know was looking something at entrepreneurial work 10-15 years in a in an industry and you know wants to maybe go out and do what you did and 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 meet an unmet need what what kind of uh, counsel would you give someone like that
1: uh, oh that's an interesting question uh i would say um, first of all be open to ideas right mm. you never know where the next idea will come from that's right and so yeah. be you know, and which is sort of the theme of what we've been talking about, brand, which is be open to change, open to ideas, take chances, you know, uh, when we started Minecraft, I was working from the basement, literally actually from the basement of my house. So was my colleague.
0: <laughs> Without any windows, I'm Without sure. Any, no
1: windows. We had lawn chairs, you know, lawn chairs and um, rickety it. computer. So take a chance. And this, this is from giving up a partnership in a law firm, yeah, you know, which is right. not exactly. that difficult. Yeah. It was Serious. difficult. Very Serious difficult. career. Uh-huh. So I would say be open to ideas, take a chance, and don't plan too much, mm. you know, uh, life is a way of moving along, you know, and as long as you're able to go with the flow, keep a, a, a thought, body and heart and mind open mm. and take chances. And maybe the last thing is work hard, yeah. no matter what you do. Yeah. You know, I, that's the, th- honestly, even in, in our company, when a young person comes in, you can easily tell the mm. ones that are going to make it whether they yeah. make it with minecraft or not right right you know whatever they do they will make it because even the littlest things they do with energy mm. and enthusiasm you know yeah. so yeah. don't forget that you know yeah. in the ideas of growing a company and becoming an entrepreneur and saving the world one should not forget that <laughs> day in and day out jobs have to be done well that's right you know to the best of your ability Fantastic. That well, sage
0: good. wisdom. Ganesh Natharajan, thank you so much. Co-founder and CEO of Minecrest. Really very, very much grateful for you sharing your journey into the corner office.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Brent. Thank you. I enjoyed it very much.